0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest on New York's news and talk station. 77 WABC.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Left versus Right. My name is Anthony Weiner here on the left. Curtis Slewa. on the right will be joining us at the top of the hour. Great program for you today. Thank you very much for welcoming me into your life today for this two-hour period as we have this opportunity to uh, share, to talk things over. It's been a very, very eventful week. If you'd like to get in the queue to, join the, to participate in the conversation, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. Here at 77 WABC Talk Radio. Uh, I don't know if it's a good day or a bad day for radio, but it's a good day for ducks. Uh, We have Diego on the other side of the glass helping us swim through this day. I had this conversation once with uh, Curtis about what's the best weather for radio. And he's told me somewhat conflicting things. He said, on one hand, when weather's nice, people are sometimes doing. They're out in their cars, which if we can listen to the radio, sometimes they're out doing yard work, things out of doors, and they have their radio with them. But he's also said to me that sometimes dismal rainy weather, we all kind of do what our our parents and grandparents did. We huddle around the radio and have these conversations. And, boy, this has uh, been quite a week. This uh, usually when I sit down and I think about what I'm going to talk about, what issues I'm going to unpack during the, my weekly segments here, and I've been really lucky That John Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez have said, listen, why don't you try out doing an hour at the beginning of the show? Curtis has kind of mentored me. And so I've had an opportunity to go into a little bit deeper into some issues. And sometimes I've gone a little bit far afield. I talked a little bit about the impact of Twitter on our society last week. Got some interesting mail. One woman uh, sent me an email that said the solution to Twitter is to turn it off and listen to the radio. And based on some of the feedback, that's basically what a lot of people were saying, that we're radio listeners. Twitter is not our thing. But I've talked about immigration, talked a little about the Hunter Biden laptop on different shows, talked about the true causes of inflation. But today, the issue of Roe v. Wade and the future of legal abortion in our country is dominating every conversation. and We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Also, when Curtis gets here, we're going to play that game that Curtis likes to play. And I kind of like it, too. Where in the world is Mayor Eric Adams? Where is he this week? Where is he going next week? Um, Curtis also has some interesting news that he has found about the cost of flowers on Mother's Day. And this has always been a thing, right? The cost of flowers, the cost of chocolate. But this year, as we think about what we want to do for our moms and think about the impact our mothers have had on our lives, I'm going to ask Curtis at what age he put on the Red Beret, what maybe his mom knows. Um, We're also seeing that inflation is having an impact on even the things we get for our moms and our grandmas. And we're also going to touch on something else, an amazing story that that just dropped within the last hour or two in The New York Times about the sexual orientation of a former mayor of the city of New York. We're going to talk about that as well. But obviously, the decision that came down, the draft decision, we're going to call it the decision. Um, I think there's no reason to believe that it's not going to be. I'll talk in a moment about the notion that it leaked. But I guess I'm not surprised, but I'm still sort of stunned. I guess that's kind of. Maybe many of us are in that place. I'm not terribly surprised because this is not issue, not been a secret desire of those on the court, those who are on the court, presidents that have appointed people to the court, that overturning Roe v. Wade, a protected right for 50 years, been on the agenda. I mean, you know, I've heard some commentary. I've heard some on liberal stations in particular. Oh, my, this is all about Donald Trump. We've got to compl- explain to people that Donald Trump did this. Well, no. I mean, frankly, what made this a supermajority for the uh for the anti choice for the people who want to strike down Roe v Wade you can go back even way further than that you can go back to Ronald Reagan Ronald Reagan had a a life amendment in the Republican platform when he ran in 1980 uh HW Walker Bush in order to be even considered to be the vice president uh, on that ticket had to reverse his position on choice so to say that somehow this is something that you know donald trump did is democrats are giving everyone too much of a pass and frankly trying to make this entirely about a political question going into the next elections which no doubt it is but i still am somewhat stunned you know when you realize that unless i'm wrong and like i said feel free to to get in the queue 800-848-WABC 800-848-9222 there's plenty of time for callers to weigh in on this but unless I'm wrong, this is the first time the Supreme Court has actually taken away a right. That the Supreme Court time memorial for the history of our country, the history of the court, has been expanding rights of individual citizens, expanding people's rights. This is the first time a one's being taken away. I mean, you can argue the right to consume legal alcohol was an example, but okay, I'll, I'll stipulate to that. But even that got flipped back pretty quickly. Um, and I also am stunned at just the raw nature of the appeal. In the are in the the decision that was written by Alito, you know, going out of his way to call people abortionists, you know, like it's very hot language. But then the to hang the entire argument on this notion. And I'm going to quote it here. You've heard it quoted dozens of times this week. If you've been listening to talk radio, uh, W.A.B.C., a right to abortion, I'm quoting from the decision, a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's in the nation's history or traditions. That that's the reason that this was overturned. Ladies and gentlemen, my my dear listeners, every single time a right was added, it was something that was not part of the traditions of our country. Slavery was was part of the addition of, of, of our uh, was tried part of our traditions the the right to intermarry was not part of our deep traditions as a country the right uh, uh, to uh, for for two people who loved each other to marry each other irrespective of their gender was not part of the deep traditions. What does the Supreme Court do? The Supreme Court says it's not part of our deep traditions to that you know contraception is 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 permitted, but we're still going to make sure to have a supreme Court decision protecting someone's right to purchase of course that the Supreme Court, every single thing, that every right that we added is by definition not part of our rich tradition. It is expanding the country that we are, expanding the rights that we are. There was no tradition of women voting in this country. And of course the Supreme Court and of course amendments to the Constitution. Of course what we do is we expand rights via the Constitution. That's what we do. You know, so when people say, you know, Is, is you know, is are we a progressive or conservative country? You know, I think we make progress by expanding the rights that a lot of conservatives espouse. This idea that we have certain rights that are unalienable, that are ours, that it's not for the government to decide to take away or to add. I mean, there's the Ninth Amendment, which, by the way, was at the foundation. People talk about how poorly reasoned Roe v. Wade was. Well, the Ninth Amendment is one of the foundational pillars of Roe v. Wade. And the Ninth Amendment doesn't get a lot of conversation, but it's a fundamentally very conservative one. And I say that in the kind of the modern political sense. The Ninth Ninth Amendment reads, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Meaning, just because we wrote some stuff here, doesn't mean that the people, human beings, don't have rights that are protected. And so that for so much of this argument to be laid at this notion, well, we've got to follow the traditions of our country. Some of our traditions were great and some of them were not. Some of them said that, listen, you can't vote if you're a woman. You can't, you can own slaves. You can't intermarry. You can't, you can't, uh, uh, you, you can't if you're a gay man or a lesbian woman, you can't get married. The courts have always said these rights are to the people. This is a constitutional right. Um, And I want to remind everyone of one other thing about the courts. People said, well, the people don't support that. The people don't support that. The courts are not there to be the place that the public opinion is what decides. That's what the legislature is for. The legislature goes out and expresses the will of the people, but it is the courts that protect the minority rights, said that even if you're the only person on your block that wants to worship And no one else wants to. You have a right to. You know, it is not a majority rule institution. It's not supposed to be. That's not the way this works. So the idea that this week, or it's not happening this week, it's probably going to happen in June or July when this gets announced formally, that we are now going to have an instance where a right is being taken away. And if you want to talk about a traditional right, Um, this has now been on the books for 50 years. So now we have a tradition for two generations or so of this right. And I just want to make it abundantly clear and I can, I welcome your views as well as the listener. The issue of abortion is a very, very difficult one. There are many people who have strongly held beliefs on either side. And I know that my, you know, when, when I first saw the first image of my son, Jordan, um, um, you know, in utero. It was a profound, profound moment. This is not really a conversation about how you feel about abortion. This is a conversation about how you feel about the legislatures of our city, of our states, of our country, mostly men, telling individual women certain things about their rights and weighing in on that. Yes, yes. It's a very difficult issue. Yes, there are many strong arguments for saying we don't, you shouldn't, ha- you would rather not have abortions or you shouldn't have them. Um, but this is a completely, in my view, a different issue. This is an issue of where rights of half of our country are. You know what they are, what what, what rights they have. Um, and I also want to talk a little bit about like what now. Uh, and let me just let me just say to to Diego, I don't have anything on my board right now. Got it? Okay. Super. Um, I see – people say, well, what's going to happen now? You know, Some people have said, well, all this means is it was sent back to the states. Well, practically speaking, you've heard this now if you've been listening to this issue. About two dozen states, that means laws have been passed automatically triggering limits or bans on abortion. But um, some states like New York, California, who knows, may have uh, programs to expand their coverage, maybe even to expand the coverage – to accommodate women coming from other states. But the problem with this decision, this problem with this notion, I mean, I'm going to read you from the Alito decision. Quote, that, that uh, Roe v. Wade must be overruled. Quote, and authority to regulate abortion must return to the people and their elected representatives. I mean, I'm going to put aside that this is from a court that has gutted people's right to vote, but put that aside for a moment. That could mean that a state could not only say we're going to go from 15 weeks viability to complete ban on abortions, but they can also say we're going to prosecute someone for murder who travels across state lines to find an abortion. Why couldn't they do that? According to this decision, they'd be within their rights to do it. By the way, also the decision leaves open um, leaves open the possibility that this same court comes back and bans it outright. You know, says never mind what we said. We are because remember, there's other decisions that also are tied to the same principle. If you really do believe that the that um, that a right to abortion should be overturned because it doesn't, it's not deeply rooted in our nation's history of traditions. Where does that leave the recent gay marriage ruling? Where does that leave r- rulings about intermar- intermarriage? I mean. Now, he, Alito refers to it later on in the decision by saying, oh, but this one's different because it means that there's a life, another life at stake. And I, I see that argument. The only problem with that argument is, does that mean using that same argument that, okay, then we can come back and ban this outright in the future because of that same argument. Um, but let me just spend a moment to talk about this obsession that some have had about the leak, the fact that it leaked. First of all, as a consumer of information do i care that it came out in may not in june do i care that it came out in may not july i, don't, I mean what um, impacts me what impacts my my the the women that that are in in my community what impacts women all over the country is not when it came out it's what it says and uh, you want to have a conspiracy theory about which side leaked it i mean to me the only person that was not clear where they were on this case is chief justice roberts And does this lock him in or does this move him? Who knows? I'll put that aside for a moment. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts about it, but I just – who cares? But what I think is crazy is suddenly so many people are concerned about breaking with norms. Are you kidding me? A democratically elected president nominates a a justice for the Supreme Court and he is not even given a hearing, let alone a vote, let alone a, a no vote. Suddenly we're concerned about norms an outgoing president of the United States in January of 2021 doesn't even call the, pre, the the new occupant to 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 congratulate them or anything a man assaults a police officer on the steps of the capitol on January 6 with a point of a flagpole and people call that legitimate political discourse I mean norms are done norms are done when when I'm not even going to go into Presidents of the United States standing with a Russian president and say, I believe the Russian, I don't believe my own security agents. I mean, norms, this whole idea that suddenly we're going to be concerned about norms. I mean, honestly, of all of the things I've heard this week, let's, you know, the leak – all right, it should not have happened. A lot of things I think in the, in in the process. I mean, what about the idea that three members of this present Supreme Court said to the United States Senate that they have respect for for precedent and Roe versus Wade is settled law and then they within 6 months of changed. I mean, don't tell me about norms cuz norms have been tossed out the window time and time again without these same people objecting. But to be honest with you, the leak will part will will depart the stage soon as an issue and we will be stuck with the ramifications of this and it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot for our country it's going to be a lot for the people that have to deal with these challenges and hopefully it's something for us to talk about and when we come back on the other side the board obviously is all lit up with this eight hundred eight four eight 848 WABC 77 WABC radios where we talk about these issues we respect one another and we're going to get through it and the other side of the break we're going to get through it together This is Anthony Wiener, Left versus Right. Thank you for joining us. Talk
0: Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Wiener. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest.
1: Welcome back to Left Versus Right on 77 WABC Talk Radio. My name is Anthony Wiener. Curtis Slewa is joining us at the top of the hour. Today the conversation is about the draft decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and all that that means. Uh, if you'd like to be part of the conversation, 800-848-WABC, 800 um, 848 We're going to go to the phones in a minute. When Curtis gets here, we're going to talk a little bit more about this decision. We're also going to talk about an interesting article that landed in the New York Times in the last couple of hours about the sexual orientation of one of our former mayors and all the ramifications that that had. see if you can figure it out if you haven't already read the story. Also, a few people um, have uh, written and given some great feedback, but let me tell you how you can also join the conversation if you can't call in. um, My email address is anthonyweiner at AOL.com. Yes, I'm the last person that has an AOL.com address, because you can't get Anthony Weiner at anything else because so many people have... Snapped it up. I have a Twitter account. It's at Rep Wiener, but I don't use it. Um, and I think – I haven't checked my Facebook in a while, but I think it's Anthony D. Wiener is the Facebook page. So feel free to, to weigh in there and those, those things. But we're going to take some calls now. Look, I, 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 don't, I don't deny that this is a brutally difficult issue because it's kind of across. It's got morality involved. It's got religion involved. It's got history involved. But at the end of the day, my general view, which I think is a conservative one – is that instances where the government should be dictating to half the population something they can and can't do with their body, that doesn't, you know, I, I just think that it's it's just not, It's and particularly when I have served in legislatures and turned around and seen overwhelmingly groups of men making these decisions, I just find it to be offensive and also... It's been a protected right for 50 years in our country. And now to suddenly say that it is a right you're not going to have. That's my position. But part of what's great about this show is what's great about this network and what's great about this forum that we have set up here is that you get to have your say as well. So we're going to get through to some – we're going to get to some calls. Let's uh, start out with Adam in Staten Island. Adam, thanks for waiting. I appreciate your input.
2: No problem. Thanks for uh, letting me talk. Um, So I think you just hit the nail on the head uh, a minute ago where you basically said – um when you let the government, you know, basically telling half the population what to do with their body. But you also have to remember and I'm a I'm a Republican but I'm pro choice, um because I think it's your own choice, body autonomy. But you also have the same people who are screaming For people to get vaccinated and forcing it on people and people losing their jobs are now the same people that are complaining that the government is forcing women to not be able to get abortions. It's a double standard.
1: Excellent I think pro-choice should be,
2: I think it should be body autonomy, the entire, you know, you want to drink yourself to death, you want to do drugs, you want to not get vaccinated, you want to get an abortion, you want to do whatever, your body, your choice. I agree with that with everything, and this is what happens when you let the government get involved in making your own health decisions, unfortunately.
1: Listen, that Obviously. is a, that is an excellent point, and I'm, I'm ready for it. I'll tell you what I mean. So there's this fundamental thing, and I'm not a lawyer. I was on the Judiciary Committee. That's a story for another show, why they put me on the Judiciary Committee when I wasn't a lawyer. But there's this fundamental adage in politics, I mean, in 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 uh, law, the rights of my fist end at your nose, meaning, yes. I have perfect rights to wave my fists around and do whatever I want. But at the point that it impacts your rights, meaning your right not to be punched in the nose, that's where my right ends. And the difference with requirements around health is that they do affect someone else. Now, in the decision, Alito goes to great great pains to point out, but there is another interested party here. It is the party of the unborn person. And the question here is, does an unborn person – and let's put aside when viability is, although because now that's going to be an open question. Viability was an attempt by the old court, by previous courts, to try to resolve this issue. When does it become an equal right? And what this court has said is that the woman's right to choose is not even – is a secondary right to the unborn child or to a secondary right to – to, to it could be a conceived person. And that's what the difference between this and say get, whether you need to get – um, whether you need to get a shot so that you don't so that your, your kid doesn't infect my kid. It's a little bit different. But you are right. I mean, Adam is right that when you start to introduce government into these things, it gets complicated. But in this case, we had a settled decision that at least the women do have a right to make these decisions for themselves at least up to a certain point. and that was thrown out the window. Uh, next is uh, Bruce in New Jersey. Bruce, thank you for holding on.
3: Wow, hello, Anthony. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I think, I've been on the ballot myself a few times, but I think that what we need, middle-of-the-road type thing, where um, as the woman, as the months go by, you have increasing penalties for ha- having an abortion. Yes, you want to get the abortion within the first one or two months, if possible. And they're, they're, yesterday, they are talking about this pill that they've got that the women can take. But when you get to the third month, well... Maybe a five hundred dollar fine, and then the fourth month by the time you get to the fifth month uh you're going to go to jail uh, and now, I just had a woman come in here she says i we she's in the medical profession she says we can women come in for abortions, and we can tell how many abortions they've had." So these women are using abortion as birth control. We should be promoting contraception. The ideal thing is, hey, if you don't want to have a baby, don't get pregnant. Use contraception. But, again, as the months go by, uh, have increasing penalties. Incentivize people to do the right thing. I mean, this could be taught in health class in the high schools and – and so on and so forth. Yeah,
1: I hear you. Bruce, but, you know, you raise this point. But why are we going to ask a legislature, and you were on the ballot a few times, I was on the ballot a few times, a legislature or a court up in a state capitol somewhere to make this decision for anyone? I mean, look, we're not saying we're going to leave it to your doctor. We're not saying we're going to leave it to your priest. We're not saying we're going to leave it to you, the individual, or your family. We're saying we're going to leave it to a legislature. Why? I mean, if there was ever an, in, an argument, if you're a, a, a conservative to say, listen, let's leave this decision to a person like the ninth, like the ninth amendment uh, c- conceived of, then then that's the question is like, why are we struggling to trade the, the very, the very struggle that Bruce articulates? And I really appreciate the call of like trying to figure out a way to figure this out is the problem. The problem and, and to some degree Alito nods to this. Like he says, look, this this argument about viability was doomed from the beginning. Maybe so. Maybe so. But it was to some degree at least working as a function of a balance that was trying to be struck. Um I think maybe Steve and Naples disagree. Steve, thank you for holding on. Sorry to keep you on hold so
4: long.
5: Uh, there's no inalienable right to take a life in the Constitution. There's a statutory right to take a life if your life is in danger. But, you know, it is a difficult issue, Anthony, and as someone like you who's been on the receiving end of politically motivated speech, you should know better than to misrepresent the decision because it sounds like you didn't read all 98 pages of Judge Alito's decision, with all respect to you.
1: Well, go ahead. Well, Now that you've said that, tell me the part you think I didn't read or your interpretation of it. The mic is yours. Did we Did we lose him? OK. Well, I mean I think – I mean I did. I did read it. Some of it was uh, references to past decisions. I think I got I got the gist of it. I mean look, there is a lot that is not enumerated in the Constitution. The argument – and I'm going to do my best. The argument that Alito articulates is the idea that resting this on the 14th Amendment and resting this on the 9th Amendment and resting this on this vague notion of when viability is – was a compromise that was not grounded in the history of our country. Yes, that's somewhat true. That So many things, as I said in the opening, so many things do not rest in our traditions. They rest in an evolution of our country and our decision about what things we should put the government in charge of, what things we should let individuals be in charge of. Uh, we have Kevin in Brooklyn. Kevin, I'm sorry to keep you in hold so long, but thank you for waiting.
5: Oh, thank you, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, I want to take the notion that, as you articulated in the beginning of the show, that a fundamental right has been taken away and flip it on its head and argue that, in fact, the court is acknowledging a fundamental right to life and attributing that to the unborn life. And, I mean, don't you think that that is a significant, important moral judgment that we have to reach as a society? And I want to take it another step further and ask, in a perfect world— Assuming that women could give birth and that children could be cared for in the right way, wouldn't you want a world, wouldn't you want a country where all unborn children are brought to life?
1: Yes. But that's not—Kevin, I appreciate that—but that is not—this is a question, as I think I mentioned, this is a question that is less about you and me making a moral decision than it is figuring out how, as a society— We expect the courts and the laws to intersect with what we think is right. It is not up to me. It is not up to you. And I would argue it is not up to the Supreme Court that some things we simply say, this is not the purview of government. And this type of a thing where it's a tough moral decision, it's a tough healthcare decision, that we trust the half the population that have to deal with this. To do the best that they can. Now, if we really were serious about this, as a policy perspective, we would have universal free prenatal care. We would have universal free pre-K. We would have dramatically expanded access to food assistance. We would have dramatically expanded access to education about, you know, to, to help people make the right decisions. I mean, yes, I totally, totally agree. The moral decisions that Kevin and I choose to make and maybe other people within the sound of my voice is not really the primary question here. The question is, what role do we expect the court and government to play in our lives? And let me pose that question to someone else on the board. Uh, We have Steve says Stark, Florida. Is that right, Steve?
6: Yes, it's Stark, Florida.
1: Thank you for holding on. Go go ahead today.
6: Yeah, my pleasure, Anthony. Thank you. Uh... You know, I got to admit, as a as a Republican, I, I never really respected you that, that much. But after listening to your uh, radio show since you've been on, I found a new respect. And, uh, you know, I think that you're a very fair minded man. And I was an Upper West Sider for over 30 years. And I certainly wish that you had been allowed to run for mayor and uh, had won, too, considering what we actually got. Um, aside from that, though, uh you were talking about how the Supreme Court has never taken away a right. Well, I guess it depends on what you uh, determine a right is. Uh, back in the early days, people had a right to own another person as a slave. In the Fourteenth Amendment, the Supreme Court took that quote right away. Same thing here. It's like to to uh, destroy your child by tearing it asunder and sucking its brains out while it's still being developed. Is that a right? Just like owning another person. a right?
1: Look, there's no, first of all, thank you for that. Um, for, for the beginning of that, that there was a very kind words, but look, the, it is a difficult question. I, I think you have succeeded in turning my example on its head. When I say that rights have. if you believe that, that, that a human being is pick a line. I mean, unfortunately, this the Alito decision doesn't do that. The Alito decision leaves it to the legislature in, in Alabama to decide if there even is a line, and the legislature in New Hampshire decide if it's different, and New York is even different. And I guess what I would say to that is that ultimately it's recognizing that the rights of the individual citizen of the United States, who happens to be a woman, to make these decisions until such time as the child... Reaches viability—that was what the existing Roe standard was—was um, was an imperfect, but appropriate compromise to this question of where rights begin and end. Right now, the logical extension of the Alito decision is that the woman has less rights than a, than an embryo at conception. I mean that in, uh, uh, that an embryo does. That's the way it's framed. Basically, the woman does not have does not have this right to get this medical procedure that only the state legislatures in the various states can make that decision. By the way, that's what it says. Not that the woman has a right, but that the state legislatures. Listen, this has been a really tough and interesting conversation. We're going to continue it on the other side. Also, when Curtis uh, steps in at 3 o'clock, we're going to talk over more of this with him and also... An interesting preview of Mother's Day and how expensive it's going to be. And on the other side of the break, we will also continue to take calls. As you can imagine, whenever you talk about abortion, this is a tough issue. I feel it. You know, I feel it in my gut as well as the father of a ten-year-old. Um, this is this is a tough decision that people have to make, but it's really one that we should leave out of the hands of the court and out of the hands. of of legislatures. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. My name is Anthony Weiner. Thank you so much for sharing part of your Saturday with me. I'll see you on the other side. He's your numero uno.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest.
1: Well, good afternoon and welcome back to Left versus Right. I'm Anthony Weiner on the left. Curtis Sleewel coming in at the top of the hour. He'll be talk, right, talking about the right. We've been getting a little bit of feedback about what the show should be called since we don't really go at it left versus right style. If you'd like to be part of this conversation we're having about the future of Roe v. Wade, the future of our Constitution, the future of our country, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Uh, we've had some great calls so far. We're going to keep on doing it. I'm going to try to keep my feedback to a minimum so we get got more calls in. Um, first, let's go to Sammy in Howard Beach. Sammy, what part of Howard Beach you in? I just represent old Howard Beach. Where are you? I'm in Wyndham Oh, terrific. Um, go ahead, buddy.
5: I really don't want to do any chit-chat with you. I just want to say you admitted you're not a lawyer. If you were a lawyer, you'd be a disbarred lawyer. One of the great legal minds of all time wrote this decision. You're, you're – Liberal bias is what your opinion's based on. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. what it's based on. Yes. I Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't think it belonged to be settled at the highest court. So who are you, a convicted felon, to turn around and try to basically what you've done to Justice Alito, I, I find reprehensible.
1: What did I do to Justice Alito? You're talking about his opinion. Yeah, disagree no, no. with Justin Alito. That's what we do here. We, we disagree with people sometimes. That happens. I don't, no. And this whole idea that I can't talk about the Constitution because I'm not a lawyer, can I talk about baseball if I never play in the major leagues? Come on, that's a ridiculous argument. You and I might disagree on the subject here. And I'm not saying that Alito didn't have a right to say it. I believe he is wrong. And if you're saying that that's my bias, yeah, that's my bias. And by the way, depending on what poll you look at, that's the bias of about 75 percent of the country representing both parties and particularly younger people who have for 50 years grown up with this right and particularly women. You know, men, as much as we can talk about it, it's women who ultimately have to live with it. And apropos of that, I see Anne and you're calling from Staten Island. What do you have to say? Hi, uh,
6: first, I want to apologize people that will be very rude to you. Um. And that's not the way that people should get into a discussion because you don't learn anything. But my thought about it is this. I understand men saying, well, we can't say it. This is a woman. If men can't make decisions about a woman's choice or body, then they should never go to a male doctor. We go to male doctors all the time. They make decisions about our body. I mean, why, you know, so all of a sudden... Men can't make a decision
1: about a woman's body. No, no, I guess the difference is, and by the way, little known fact people think that I'm that uh, uh, a lot of people don't know this. I'm on name for my great grandmother, Anne, so I appreciate your calling. No, no, I don't think anyone's saying is the doctor, male doctor, makes a decision any more than your male priest or male rabbi makes a decision about whether you should divorce your husband or something. But I'm saying that in in consultation, it's ultimately the woman's decision. And these bodies of these legislatures around the country are almost, without exception, majority men for whom this decision is about someone else. I think that's the point people make. But no one says you shouldn't consult with someone who is of, of a different gender. That obviously is different. Uh, Lisa in Nutley, New Jersey. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi,
6: Aunt. i um, hoping you guys are staying dry today. <laughs> um, you know, inst- they're putting a big emphasis on teaching very young, young children about inappropriate sex. Well, instead of teaching them that, why are we not educating them on the moment of conception to show each stage of when the egg is inseminated up until the birthing time? And as far as women, women are concerned, you know, what if Beethoven or Mozart or da Vinci's mother aborted them? There could be a possible genius that might not make it into this world because of a decision. It's not an easy decision. It's a tough one. But I think education is a really, really important factor in this.
1: A hundred percent. But I got to tell you, Lisa, then what you're saying, and that's an excellent point. And by the way, you can't shake a dead cat without hitting someone who was probably an oops baby. Right, right. Probably people walking right now who work, who we work alongside, who we love, who we care about, who are people that we think are famous stars that we admire. Yes, of course. I mean, that is a powerful way to look at the at the, at this this question. But I want to caution you, Lisa, that the conversations going on now with people yelling and screaming on talk radio, with politicians standing up and pontificating, is trying to limit what children are exposed to, not expand what they're exposed to. Now, I know you're saying, let's draw this line. Don't teach them this, but teach them that. I ultimately think it's a similar type of dynamic that we have to entrust teachers. We have to entrust parents. We have to entrust our community to make these decisions, but don't feel so so concerned that you're going to get drummed out of a school board meeting if you make a suggestion about teaching kids the, the basics that they need to know in order to survive and have fewer abortions. And by the way, Since Roe v. Wade has been on the books, numbers of abortions have declined. Now, do we really believe that because it's no longer on the books, the number of abortions is going to keep declining or are they just going to move somewhere else? I mean, again, I think on all kinds of levels, these decisions are tough. But as a policy matter, if we really care about reducing the amount of abortions or about taking care of kids, I mean, what about someone who who just feels they don't have the resources to take on another child? Well, what about the idea of providing them with free health care to get them through that? No. Universal health care, that's un-American. What about the idea of universal pre-K? What about the idea of, of increasing the amount for food stamps for someone raising a young child? All of these things are policy things that I totally believe we should unify around doing. But for now, this decision simply says this woman does not have a right to even have uh, to to even to have an abortion unless a legislature somewhere says it. Um, next is Jim and Suffering Jim. Thank you for holding on. I appreciate you participating today.
7: Yes, hi, uh, I'm calling about part of your opening. I believe it was about there are no norms. Well, you you kind of left out quite a few norms that obviously you probably don't agree with. Uh, the first day in office. Biden shut down oil drilling on government lands. He stopped building the wall. He stopped enforcing the law that illegals are not supposed to just walk across the border and stay in the country. Uh, Two million last year, and God only knows how many million this year. So it's, you know, I know the hot topic for liberals is the abortion issue. But that hasn't really been fully solved yet, or we don't even know if it's going to be that opinion. But there are so many things forcing people to get vaccinated, forcing little kids to wear masks. And a lot of this stuff has been debunked. And he still preaches that. We have a president that obviously forgot this is the home of the brave and the land of the free. No one should be telling anyone. And and that goes for abortion to a certain extent, unless the life of a baby or a mother is at, at stake. But uh, you kind of forgot all the things that this president has done to make this country not safe. Do you disagree with what I just said?
1: I disagree that those are norms. There are going to be policy differences. When a guy wins the presidency, he gets to do his policies. Other, When I refer to norms, I say, you know, when the race has been called, you call the other guy and say, congratulations, let me help the transition. I call norms when a president nominates a Supreme Court justice, you give them at least a hearing. If you don't like them, you vote them down. I mean, these are norms. I mean, policy differences, they're, they're, they're going to be. Uh, Lou in Portchester. Lou, thank you for holding on. I'm grateful for your participation.
5: Hey, Anthony, uh, really quick. Uh, I just wanted to say that because you always allude to, um, you know, the, the promotion of the, the heavyweight in this and, and being that, <laughs> but uh, your style does promote. Um, intelligent talk, um, you know, and uh, that's that's evident by the the calls today. Um, I, I want to see if I can articulate this quickly, but I think what we do is um, I'm a big analogy guy, but I think we, we don't serve the cause. This is one area, abortion, where we cannot we cannot draw such analogies. And and I think what you end up doing, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but I, I think you you pander too much to the woman right, meaning that. In this case taking a life supersedes woman's or, or anyone's right if we if we do if we do what i, I said we, we we don't do and draw an analogy the analogy would be to the death penalty i don't think there's anything else that that has that in common with abortion and the death penalty and when do we say it's anyone's right to take a life we say it in some states with the death penalty but we don't say when is it the right to take some, an innocent life that has committed no crime. So I think abortion is very, it's in a vacuum. It's unique to its own issue. I don't think there's any other issue that we can compare it to. And I think sometimes we get intelligent people that form great theories like, you know, yourself. I think sometimes we we cloud what's really at stake here. And a woman's right is very important, except when it's, we're talking about taking a life. Yeah. I, it's unique to its own. How, how do we... You know, how do we put—in what other case do we put taking a um, life—I'm sorry, someone's right over taking a human life?
1: Yeah, this is a a great call. Thank you so much for calling. Look, that is exactly right. That's why when Justice Alito and the other signatories to this decision talk about— how flimsy the justification is for this question about where is viability, this point that which divides this in this trimester system that was set up in Roe v. Wade. What he fails to understand is the point that Lou is making and that is that, yes, this is kind of a weird one, right? This is not like any other – decision, and, and, and I think the, 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 the pull towards analogy is just because we're trying to grapple with it. Even Alito in his decision talks about what makes this different than other, than other decisions. He kind of agrees. I, and I'm going to resist the temptation, although Lou raises the subject, to say it's funny how many people are pro-death penalty and anti-abortion rights. But I'm going to put that aside for the moment to address Lou's point very briefly. Then we have to go to a break. That, yes – but the question becomes, is are we going to supersede the woman's right with this abstract notion of the baby's right? And I don't think that we should until the point of viability. And that's where I think the decision of Roe was correct. But Lou is not wrong. This, does, this is not – sometimes we get too glib when we talk about it. Sometimes we reach for analogies too far. If I was guilty of that – I can see that I probably was. This has been a great conversation. We still have a few more minutes of it before Curtis comes in and joins us and talks about both this heavy conversation, but also where in the world is Eric Adams? We'll find out at the other side of the break. Thanks for joining us. I'm Anthony Weiner. This is Left versus Right.
0: Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest.
1: Well, welcome back to Left versus Right. I'm Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC Talk Radio, 800 848 WABC is the phone number, 848 9222. Also, you can uh, get copies of this program in form of a podcast on WABCRadio.com or in the Red Apple Podcast Network. Also, you just have to search Left versus Right. I'm not sure how you do it if you have an an iPhone, but search Left versus Right. And uh, my name is Anthony Weiner. We have another few minutes and then. Curtis is going to be coming in, and he's got some interesting stuff about how expensive Mother's Day is this year. We're going to talk about an article that dropped in the New York Times, a fascinating story about a former mayor and his sexual orientation. And um, But until then, we're going to take a few more calls. I'm going to try to keep it short so that the callers can get in. We have uh, Lucy and Rockland. Lucy, go ahead. Thank you for waiting.
6: Hi. Listen, I have a question. If the woman that's pregnant is a potential mom, there is a dad somewhere. Now, what if the dad wanted that baby? Does he have any rights?
1: Nope.
6: He doesn't have any rights? That's a, The baby would be both of theirs. That takes two to tango.
1: Right, sure, but it only takes one to have a baby, Lucy. I appreciate your calling, but the answer is No. Uh next is Frankie and Glendale my old district hey Frankie thank you for tuning in Yeah
2: Anthony I'm sorry that you're not the mayor right now because of the situation I'm sure you would do be doing a better job but what I called about is I I I, I saw a uh in Manhattan these people got together and they protested in front of a Catholic church I'm Catholic and uh look I I I, I'm I'm pro pro life. Okay, that's that's what I I believe, and and I'm these 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 uh, people were very vile outside this Catholic Church of Manhattan today, and and I I I, I, I don't like it, and, and I don't think that was right to do, you know. Here's an innocent baby, whatever you want to call it, okay, and uh, you know we have uh, uh, you know rights in our country and and I think they should be for the, the born and the unborn.
1: Yeah, and Anthony I I I know, hear you. I protesting in front of a Catholic church it makes zero sense to me. If anything, if you believe that the court got it wrong, you're arguing that it should be left to the woman to consult her clergy, to consult her, her therapist, to consult her, her her husband. The whole idea this is not an argument whether or not the church should have a role in these decisions. If a woman – I want that to – that's the relationship that we should be fostering between a woman and some place that she can get support to make these tough decisions. And so protesting in front of a Catholic church makes zero sense to me. I am not Catholic. I am pro-choice. I believe in a higher power of my understanding, and that's between me and my God. And And the idea – that someone would protest at an at a, at a religious institution because the court made a mistake is beyond ridiculous to me. Uh, let's go to George in Rockland County. George, thanks for holding on.
4: Yes, hi. So I'll be different than other callers, okay? I believe 100% that the woman has a right uh, to decide for her body. The only exception I have here is that I don't want to pay for it, okay? If she has money for clothing, for her iPad, for anything that she does, she should find the money to pay for it, uh, you know, you know, with the person that she had sex with. It's very simple for me, okay? You know, it's like anything else. You don't have the money, take a loan. It is your responsibility. You should have used con- con- contraceptive before this, okay? You didn't want to do this, okay? There's now the day after pill. Whatever it is, it is your decision, uh, whether it was in the heat of the moment or what, okay? It's your responsibility, Yours and the man that you had sex with. It's simple, okay. I don't want to pay for them. I don't think anybody should pay for this. Okay, it's no, it's not different than any other medical procedures. Okay, if you have a medical coverage, great. If you don't, pay for it.
1: Well, I I appreciate that, George. You say it's simple. I don't agree. It's that simple a case because, frankly, if you're bringing a life in, into the in, into the world. Or if you're having an abortion, either way, I would think you'd want to do it safely. But fortunately for you, George, your position is the policy of the United States government right now. Medicaid will not cover abortions. That's kind of the way that that compromise has been struck. And that's a position that Joe Biden had throughout his political career. I don't know what his position is today, but that is the law of the land. Um, Next, uh, Matt in Clifton, New Jersey. Matt, go ahead. Hey, Anthony, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, John Roberts in the beginning of the week
5: and Nancy Pelosi yesterday both said that the opinion is not final. So would, would Chief Justice Roberts say that if it was the exact same opinion as February's opinion?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. It's speculation, but whether it is the same in actual words or import is really the question. It's going to have the same effect. The question is whether or not there are more dissenting opinions, whether or not John Roberts joins the thing. Look, if I had a, you know, we haven't talked about this much, and I'm glad because I think this subject is worn out speculation about who leaked it and why. If I had to speculate, John Roberts is the only kind of variable here where he goes, I think this was an attempt to influence him, whether attempts to bring him to bring him over to the to the um, majority side, and it might have also been an attempt once they already had the votes, the conservatives had the votes to get it out there before Roberts could do anything to maybe pull back one of the w- waiver injustices. but yes, I think there's a chance that some of the words will be different i don't think there's any chance in the world that the uh, the import the Result of the decision will be will be different. Um, next is Steve in Central Jersey. Steve, sorry to keep you waiting so long, but thank you for doing so.
8: Hi, Anthony. Get right to it. Anthony, look, you I know you're not a lawyer. You give the uh, opinion, the side, the judicial activist side, though you present it well. I'm an originalist. The, your interpretation of the Ninth Amendment, nice try. Under your interpretation of the Ninth Amendment, it means the not a majority of the court can confer any right they want on an individual that a majority of the court comes to, uh uh-uh. uh. The, the Ninth Amendment has never been the subject of any Supreme Court decision. The, the judicial originalist argues the rights they're referring to are the inalienable rights, God given, to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. On that basis, we could make an argument for that unborn blob, as you call it, not others like you call it blob, a baby in the womb. But let's just be clear where Sam Alito and the majority come out on it, if that's going to be the opinion. They say... The car, it wasn't contemplated by the framers when the Constitution yep. was drafted. It's not mentioned in the Constitution. Therefore, it goes back to the states under the Tenth Amendment. Fair enough. Well, Steve, concept.
1: we have to leave it there. You're going to get the last word. It's a good, heavy conversation about the Ninth Amendment. I'm Anthony Weiner. On the other side, Curtis Lee, who joins us on Left versus Right on 77 WBC Talk Radio.